for those of you who are unaware of who I am, uh, my name's Amber L, and I am the Director of Family Preparedness at Fieldcraft. And I've been doing this job for about two years now. So we created this whole family preparedness department in the midst of 2020 during the pandemic. And so we have developed lots of programs. We have run many, many people through courses that all really had um, the highlight of family preparedness and how it related to real life events and circumstances and how we could best apply that, right? Because there's so many um, different appealing and amazing and incredible concepts that we see online in all of these little content segments. Um, but without the framework that exists for our own personal families and the nuances of our families, the application's missing. And so people had, what we found was people had inspiration from all of this content, you know, being prepared as a family in whatever circumstance, whether that's natural disaster, man-made disasters, um, whether that's just something very simple like basic medical skills at home or having everything you needed in the, the framework of your mobility rig um, that needed to support a family. And, and there was, there was the application missing for people. And so we've worked really hard, um, to address that and to try to fill that void. And so what we wanted to do today was we haven't really gotten on here and, um, talked about family preparedness in a while. I think it's been probably over a year since we've even done a podcast on family preparedness. So we kind of wanted to speak to the complications that we've seen and we've addressed and we've created amends for, um, the successes that we've witnessed and the, what that application looks like, and then tell you about where the future of family preparedness is going with Fieldcraft. So, um, like I said before, so many people had questions about where do I start with my family? And it's so varied because when it comes to family preparedness, there's so many different age groups. There's so many different variables. So you could be living in an inner city, you could be living more rural. You could be in an apartment. You could be in a two-story brick home. You could be in a mobile home. Um, you could be in a college dorm room, right? Family preparedness isn't just about the family unit. It's about preparedness in an overarching standpoint um, for the average person. And so I think sometimes that concept got lost on people. Well, I don't have a family, so where do I fall into this category? Well, family preparedness is about developing a blueprint for safety and a culture of safety for the individual. And then that, that splinters down to whatever that family unit looks like. Could be your parents. It could be your nieces and your nephews, right? And so there's many different variations of what that looks like, what family preparedness looks like. And so we have mindset and that often involves understanding your basic reaction to the world around you and um, where we found with families that that became so important was making sure that the family unit or the individual understood the way that their mind worked. So what's your F3 response as an individual? Are you a fight, flight, or freeze type of person when it comes to the different scenarios that you're encountered with, the fear-based scenarios that you're encountered with, the emergency situations that you're encountered with? What are your skill sets as an individual? What are your shortcomings as an individual? How do you account for those? How do you modify those in order to make yourself stronger in that department and eliminate 
that variable that was causing fear or causing worry or causing anxiety or hesitation. Um, so the mindset component was so very important and it, it all really, um, it all really began with teaching families and take, teaching individuals how to have conversations, sitting down, having conversations with your family, with even yourself, journaling out um, how you react to situations, how you felt in a certain situation, where you felt a lack of preparedness when it came to X, Y, Z, right? And getting to understand and know yourself as an individual. The next component of family preparedness included home safety. And so while tactical um, training is very sexy and people love to come out to tactical training and having skill sets with your firearms is very important, um, it wasn't the only tool that you needed for your home safety <clears throat> or your public safety, which we'll get to in a second. But with home safety, we really wanted to be sure that we weren't only equipping the families with the ability to defend their home, but also to defend themselves within their home whenever something as basic as a firearm couldn't even be utilized. So that could be basic fire safety and awareness of how to respond and react to a fire in your home. Um, basic safety standards when it comes to the kitchen, when it comes to water, all of this is such an important conglomeration within the network of a home in order to increase your safety. And that was missing so many times because the big fancy shiny things were addressed, but not the smaller actual conceptual parts of creating a safety threshold within that home. So then we had public safety and that included preparing your family and your children with code words or yourself with code words. So important for adults or pro words to be able to speak back and forth to one another in the event of an emergency when they needed to alert somebody to their feelings of unsafe, being unsafe. Um, how people could communicate with you or track you if they needed. Um, how you are using situational awareness in public, how you're teaching situational awareness to your family in a non-fear-based way, making it part of your life. That's why we love using the term culture of safety, because it's not something that you have to do in a really abrasive or um, a way that doesn't really fit into the, the way that your family operates. It just becomes part of the culture, right? It becomes part of the day-to-day -day life. And so we saw that families, if they weren't, especially if they were never raised around that type of environment, they weren't raised um, being taught these skill sets. Um, I grew up in a very rural family, right? And so situational awareness was just part of our life. There's big machines, there's big animals. We had to be situationally aware. And so it was never from a standpoint of being fearful that any of this um, was taught to me. And so when I started teaching this to my children, it was just part of our life, teaching them to have their head on a swivel when we were out in public. If you have ever followed any of my personal social media, I use the term, the tagline in my brand, Eyes Up Buttercup a lot. And that's because I taught my children that they always needed to have their eyes up. Buttercup was just the sweet little Southern part that I added at the end. Um, and so the public safety component became something that was easy, easily addressed with families. And it seemed so underwhelming at the time to teach this to families and say, there's a way to do this. That's not fear-based. Give them the skill sets, have them implement this into their day-to-day -day life, and then have them come back to us with the results and say, wow, Ever since COVID, ever since shutdowns, ever since 
we started having rioting and we started to have societal unrest, I haven't felt safe. I haven't felt equipped. I haven't felt empowered to leave my house with my children, or I haven't felt empowered to leave my house on my own. And now I do. This was such a simple way to really change things. And all it took was one simple practice. And so we started to get this feedback and we realized that people just don't know what they don't know. And so that's where this really nice framework of, well, the family needs a blueprint. The individual needs a blueprint for their safety. And it's much more than just guns. And it's much more than just code words, right? It's everything. Um, it also involved in the public defense segment was how are you going to navigate away from a situation that would be potentially dangerous to you or your family? What are your plans? Do you have plans in a template that you can fluctuate depending on where you're at or how many people are with you? What's a really easy way for you to um, educate other children when they're with you or other friends and family members when they're with you without them being scared? Just be the leader and be very assertive and say, okay, if something happens, this is what we're going to do. What's the verbiage? What's the actual nomenclature that these people need in order to do that? So that became part of the framework of what we did for public safety and public defense. Home defense includes defending your home the same way, being aware in your home. You're obviously in a different um, space of situational awareness when you're in a more relaxed state, but what does that look like in your home? What are your self-defense plan, self plans look like in your home? What are the primary ways in order that you have in order to defend your home, starting with the exterior. What does that look like for your lighting? What does that look like for even your landscape? Um, the this this the signage that you have outside of your home. And now let's move indoors past your threshold. What's that look like in inside of your house? Whether you're one person or whether you're ten, what does that self defense implementation look like in an emergency? How do you? alert your family to the emergency if something were to happen and get them to recognize what's going on and what action is required of them. So all of this was part of that conversation too. Um, and then next we moved into the more homesteading parts of preparedness. And I, I, I personally love this part because growing up rural, growing up in a very hurricane prone area, you know, we're very, we're subjected to natural disasters quite often food storage, water storage, and having a PACE plan, which is a primary alternate contingency and emergency for all of those very important and very necessary components of life was just the way that we lived. And so I feel like because it's been part of my life and because it doesn't, I don't look like somebody who lives in a bunker or has a bunker. I look like a very relatable average American, like many of you, um, that it gave me a segue in order to teach people and encourage people that this should, and this can be part of your life. And this is very easy. This is something that you can do and start very easy and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And so we started to engage in those conversations and we started to hear the feedback of people not knowing where, where do I start? What do I even purchase at the store? How do I fit this into my budget? What are the most important things for me to store when it comes to food storage? What are the most important things and, and, and tools for me to have when it comes to water? Because having bottles of water can't be your only option, right? What are the backups? What are the alternates? What are the contingencies and what are the emergency means for 
providing our home and our family and ultimately our community with those supplies if and when that type of disaster were to strike. Look at Texas, you know, two winters ago, they experienced this on a grand scale. Um, we've experienced this with every hurricane. When supply chains close, things crash very quickly. People become very desperate. And the government is very slow to step in and help and you have to be prepared to be um, your response. And so started having these conversations, started getting that feedback, starting to see where people had concerns um, and helped to um, offset those concerns by supplying people with lists and showing them where to start and creating a step-by-step -step outline for how this works. And, and that goes into even what seeds should you have in your backup storage for E? That's the E of the PACE plan, right? The emergency. What seeds do you need? Well, that's so varied because there's so many different growing zones across the United States. But there are certain seeds that you can use that are the quickest growing. There are certain animals that are the quick, quickest reproducing. And so not necessarily hyper diving into those subjects with people because that's where that overwhelm happens is like you don't have to be a goat expert. You don't have to be a gardening expert. You just need to know the high level information and you need to have the um, the high level basic supplies for tackling that. And then you slowly start incorporating these components and these practices into your life, two separate things, right? The components are the physical tools and, and assets that you need. And then the practices are the actual skill sets that you would need. And so you just start implementing those one at a time and you get those small wins you start forming your community around you so that you have other people who have specialized skill sets and they have specialized tools and you create even larger this threshold and this blueprint for safety for your family and ultimately your community. And so we had the food storage, we had the um, water um, and then food procurement. So that involved not only gardening, but also hunting, what that looked like, gathering, um, doesn't even, it doesn't have to just be meats. It could be vegetation as well. And so we really dove into that in a high level way. So what are the resources that you need in order to do that safely? How do you even get started? How do you make connections with people locally that you could potentially barter with who have these skill sets? What are ways that you could collaborate with somebody local locally who does a great job of procuring meat ethically and it's more, much more sustainable than if the supply chain were to crash, supermarkets were to crash. Well, you know that such and such down the road still has access to his rifle and still has access to his ammunition. And so you know that he's able to go and procure meat of some sort and you have these connections and these communities built so that as you're still developing your skill sets, you don't have to do it all and know it all immediately you still have access to these very important necessities in order to move on with your life and to continue to survive. So um, that was the, the food procurement. And then we moved on to mobility and we started to say, okay, we, we do mobility very well at Fieldcraft. We've done mobility very well at Fieldcraft for a really long time. Um, how do we now look at this through the lens of family preparedness. How does the rig, how does your day, your, your everyday rig, and if you're um, blessed enough to have a go rig or a vehicle that you would use to get off grid if you need it, how does that reflect the needs of your family? How does that reflect more than just adventuring, but it reflects being prepared to survive in an emergency if you need it? Um, and I know oftentimes we think Armageddon type situations. Well, 
I can tell you from experience during the last hurricane, when you watch the interstate become a contraflow where it only can go one direction, exits getting blocked, people stuck on the interstate and in traffic for not moving for over eight hours at a time, that it becomes really important to have the necessities that you needed in your rig because all of the gas stations and all of the stores along the way are most likely not going to have what you need or you're not even able to get out of traffic to get there. And that's just one simple example of why it would be important for your vehicle to have the components that you need. Um, and not only that, but when you're at home, you have the resources that you've established in your home. Your home is your sanctuary. It's your home base. It should be like a hospital. But when you're in your rig, you can have an extension of your home. And most of the time you have a little more space there. Even in, in smaller vehicles, if you organize it efficiently, you have the space and the capacity to carry a lot more with you than you would in your EDC, which would be the items that you carry on your person. And so we started to look at it through the lens of that. How do we expand your capabilities as a person with your vehicle that most likely is traveling with you to and from where you go on a daily basis, unless you're, you're using public transit. So that was mobility, knowing the basics of how to take care of your vehicle as well, how to be safe in your vehicle, what you should be looking out for. What are some very important um, safety basics that you need to know to how to do in order to mobilize yourself efficiently, effectively, and safely, especially with a family. And so that wasn't only your gear and what you're loading out in your vehicle, but that was, do you know how to jump your, your battery? Do you have the supplies in your vehicle in order to do that on your own? Or do you know what you're looking for with basic mechanical failure? Do you know when your oil needs to be changed? Do you know how to change a tire? Do you have the supplies you need in order to, to deal with that if you needed to get yourself emergently from one location to a location where you could get that tire professionally fixed? And so um, that became part of the family preparedness conversation as well. So then we moved into med. And so as a registered nurse, that was something that I tackled immediately. That was one of the first things I tackled. How is the family prepared with basic skill sets um, to take care of their family? Do they know what to do within a choking scenario? Do they know what to do with basic burns? Do they know how to take care um, of basic modalities in the home? What supplies do they need in order to do that? So many people were not equipped. You know, they they prided themselves on being preppers and they had all of the the thing, the components they needed for a stop the bleed and tourniquets. But how did they take care of basic basic issues in the home? And so, teaching people um, the supplies that they needed to have, teaching people the the basic protocols, breaking it down into protocols protocols. So not only you need to have this and this, but if your child has a fever, this is what you can do in a pace plan for that child. So what's the primary thing you can do to alleviate that discomfort and then to help them further along? Now, what's an alternate? What's a contingency and what's an emergency? And then also what supplies do you need for that? And then here's how you apply the supplies. So that's what we, we found was missing in the education world when it came to family preparedness was People told people what to get. They told people what they needed to have, but people still didn't feel really equipped to use it. So not only the tools and supplies, but the protocols. And I think you'll see that as an interwoven um, thread throughout this whole concept is not just the supplies, the protocols. How do you use it, right? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Guys, this is the Fieldcraft for All podcast. I'm going to be your host for this ad space. My name is Kevin Estella, and I happen to be a big fan of the sponsor that I'm about to tell you about. Um, 
Listen, I've done a lot of travel over the years. I've done some crazy diets over the years. Back in the day when I used to do more Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition, I used to drop weight like crazy. Um, and I've also been like the fat guy in like a not so fat guy's body. Like I, I tend to not always eat so great. When I use this product, I feel like freaking Superman. And maybe it's a placebo, but I don't believe it is because it's actually backed up with science. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. But I feel like if I start off my day with athletic greens, I kind of have a little flexibility of what I can eat for the rest of the day, knowing that I've already had a lot of the greens that I would normally have to eat a salad or, you know, eat something that has a lot of, you know, roughage in it. I feel a lot better knowing that I've gotten that out of the way with a pretty tasty drink that's only like eight ounces, easy to chug down in the morning, uh, or to mix in with like a protein shake if I'm trying to bulk up or whatever. So Athletic Greens is an amazing company. We get the stuff into the office every so often and it disappears quickly. And imagine like here at Fieldcraft, we have like a table of when sponsors give us stuff and we have a table of when we have like free product to try out very rarely very rarely will you see the stuff left over like it gets squirreled very quickly and it's usually ricky and rob i'm blaming both of them um but athletic greens when you do get your hands on it it has vitamins minerals it has probiotics right good for the healthy gut uh adaptogens antioxidants right good for anti-aging if you're ever wondering why like hey estella's 42 years old he looks like a like a boy sometimes well it's i'm half asian kind of like mike lover Mike Lover, by the way, I always joke around. I'm like, he's the other 42-year-old half Asian at the company, you know. But uh, listen, probiotics, they keep you from aging. Uh, they're good for your body. Healthy gut is good for you. Superfoods that you find in Athletic Greens, all around good for you. And like I said, it doesn't taste bad. If you go to one of these health stores that's run by like a crazy hipster, you know, like that wears beads around their neck, you know exactly the type I'm talking about. You're probably going to get like wheat grass or something like that. And it's going to taste like you just went out to the front lawn and you just chomped on some grass. Well, Athletic Greens doesn't have that funky flavor. And as I mentioned before, you can mix Athletic Greens with blueberries and ice and make a smoothie. You can mix it with, uh, you know, protein powder and, and do like a chocolate Athletic Greens. Like there's a lot of things you can do or you can just have it as is. It's not bad. Um, it actually tastes really good. I look forward to it in the morning. Please check out athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. You're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D. It's going to come in a bottle. It's a little uh, dropper. You put a couple drops under your tongue. It's good for you because you don't get enough vitamin D in the northern uh, latitudes when, uh, you know, it's winter months. And you're going to get five free travel packs. Now, these are great for weekend travel. So at Fieldcraft, I do a lot of travel, a lot of training. I throw these in my uh, travel bag. And that way, like if I am working on a crazy diet schedule, I know I at least can have good greens with me every single day. Athletic Greens, uh, just a shout out to you. If you want to send any Athletic Greens to North Carolina, please do, because uh, that's where I am. And uh, the North Carolina folks, we would like some too. But if you guys want to get some and you're not in Utah and you're not quick to grab them off that table, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft and get you some. All right. Here we go. Let's get down to this podcast. One large thing that we found in the world with family preparedness was the egos that we had to get past, right? So many people thought, and I can see it. I'm not really reading the comments much because I'm really trying to stay on target here with you guys, but I can see them popping up occasionally. Like, who does she think she is? Well, somebody that applies these actual practices to their life. And so we had, that was probably the 
that was probably the largest um, hesitation that we had in people. It was women who felt like they couldn't get past the egos of their male counterparts or their extended family's counterparts or just the egos of the people that existed in the preparation world in general. Um, and so we really, and, and that's one reason why I love doing family preparedness is I really wanted this to be relatable. I wanted people, um, to be able to engage and to see that they had a place here and that it didn't have to be extremely tactical. It didn't, you didn't have to be an expert. People were going to have opinions. People were going to have egos, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, your family matters and being prepared for your family is what matters the most and being equipped living your life above the fear. You know, we love saying that to live above the fear. And the only way that you can live above the fear is to educate it down below you. And so giving people the skill sets, teaching people the skill sets and giving it to them in a relatable way and not expecting people to know everything. Like I said, in the initial part of this conversation, you don't know what you don't know. And so that's what we really wanted to address in the family preparedness segment when we got started with this. It's been a great two years. It really has. We've learned so much. We've had to check so many of our own egos um, to see that there are so many families that needed to be um, reached in a in a in a very thorough way. Right? It, people were prepared in so many parts of their life, but not for the things that were most likely going to happen. You're most most likely going to deal with a medical issue before you will an active shooter right? That's just the reality of the statistics. So how equipped are you medically? And if you are trained to the top of the tier tactically, that's amazing. And that's incredible. But where do you fall on the other side of the spectrum? How prepared is your family? How prepared is your family to assist you if you're the one who um, becomes injured or becomes incapacitated and you need somebody else taking care of you? Have you trained your family in order to do this? Are they ready? Are they equipped? Have you taught them how to live above the fear? Your family is an asset they're not a liability. And all you have to do to change that is to train them and to do it in a very welcoming, inviting, and non-egotistical way. And I speak to everybody here, whether that's the women or the men, you will always be ahead of somebody else in this world. And that's just an invitation to turn around and help them along because you never know when you might need that person to help you one day or the community of people that you need to help you or your family. You know, I think about that a lot when we're training people. I can't be everywhere my children are. And I hope my ego never gets in the way of teaching somebody how to be prepared, no matter where they're at in that chain of preparedness, whether they're brand new at it or whether they're really, you know, an expert when it comes to med, not great at mobility. Let's train them in all the ways because they might be the person that I need to help my kids one day when I'm not around. And I'd hate to think that I was ever the roadblock from getting them from that point A to point B. And then we also had medical emergency. So that's more of your tactical medicine, your primitive medicine in some regards, and your, your stop the bleed, your tourniquet application using chest seals. Um, and so teaching the family how to do that. You don't need certifications. You don't have to have, they're great. They're great. Listen, I have a bachelor's in nursing. I am all about certifications if you can, but don't let that be the stopping block between getting you to the point of being educating and educated and knowing how to do basic stop the bleed, knowing how to apply a tourniquet, knowing why you would even use a chest seal or how to apply it, how to alleviate choking in a small child or another adult or in yourself. You don't have to have, um, the certifications for that. 
you just need to start with the education and the knowledge base and the understanding, and then you can start applying it in your life. And then the certifications can follow after that. So we took all the roadblocks out that we could for families. Um, so how did we do this? We taught, I know the sun is terrible. I'm sorry. I moved my desk twice. Um, we taught many different workshops. We taught many in-person live workshops. We did many Zooms, online trainings. And so what we wanted to do was find a way to reach the most people, be the most valuable. And as 2023 has been approaching and on the horizon, we thought there's so many people ready to make resolutions. There's so many people ready to make changes in their life. How can we take everything we've learned all of the lists that we've compiled, all of the checklists of all of the medical supplies you need in your home, all of the skill sets that you need, the breakdown of the skill sets, the videos that we've done to break these down and explain them. Um, how could we apply this to a large group of people on a grand scale, but still make it intimate and still be very powerful? And so we created what we're calling Program 62. So we've just launched it. If you haven't seen it on our website yet, you should go check it out. Um, it is, it's the name 62 comes from the Homestead Act of 1862. Um, and it, it was a push to get people to be more self-reliant, to be brave, to take action, to move to into the West where there wasn't established communities yet to be resilient and to stand in the face of adversity with their families. And so we wanted to kind of do the same thing on our own scale, the way that we do here at Fieldcraft. And so we combined all of our subject matter experts um, that fit best into this program. And we created a 12 week online course that will begin January 2nd called Program 62. It's um, a limited number of seats, but what we've done is we've broken it down into all of the components I just spoke to you about. So mindset, the basics of self-defense, home safety, public safety, home defense, medical skills, basic medical skills, emergency medical skills, food storage, food procurement, mobility, um, and more. And we have every week broken down into um, of one, you have a video segment where you show up and you will be taught live and in person by whatever our subject matter expert training, whoever our subject matter expert training is that day. And you will have supplemental PDFs that you have. And then you will also have homework. So you'll have checklists. We will teach you the skill sets. We will teach you the concepts for that week and that subject matter. Um, and then you have to apply that with your family or with yourself that week. And we'll have it break it, broken down based on uh, nomenclature so that you there's no roadblocks to your understanding and your ability to then translate that to your family. And it's it's meant to be done as a family, if possible, if you have a family. Um, together is better because everybody will rise together, right? And then um, by the end of that 12 weeks, you'll have a physical blueprint that you've created for your family where you've done all the things. You've done inventory of your home, your vehicle, you've created code words, you know your um, GPS coordinates of your home, you know, everybody's blood type, you have uh, neighbors, all of the neighbors around you's phone numbers and skill sets written down and a physical guide because we have to pull things from that technological cloud, right? You need physical, physical things. And so, um, we, we are very excited about this course. We think that it's, 
it's the first time we've ever put together a group of this many of our instructors into one course um, and offered this much value in, in a 12 week period. It's the first time we've really done a, a course that's this long too for the longevity. So it starts in January, it ends in March. That's before the first quarter of the year is even, even up. Um, and as I sit down with our team and plan out this course, I just keep thinking about where families are going to be in March compared to where they started in January before the first quarter of the year is even over. And it makes me so excited because it, so many times people say, where do I start? Where do I start? I've seen, I saw this content piece. It looked great. I saved it on my Instagram. I screenshot it. I forwarded it to my wife. I want to do it, but it gets really overwhelming when there's all these things, you know, well, I got a gun, but I don't know what to do about food storage. And no, I don't know if my kids have a code word and what would I do if my water supply got tainted? It's there's so much. Right. And so we've learned the lessons. We figured out how best to teach it. We've consolidated it. We've broken it down, we've consolidated it again. Um, and we've done all the work that we can to just make this something that is going to be so applicable for you and your family. So I'm super excited. Um, you guys should go check it out on fieldcraftsurvival.com. You can go to our digital course component um, and it'll be in there, program 62. And so, yeah, I'm super, super excited. We, um, we're going to translate this conversation here into a podcast just to try to update people on where we're at with family preparedness, how... Um, what the road looks like for us getting there in the future, where we're going past that and what's yet to come. So I hope this was helpful to you guys. If you have any questions, you can find us over on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at ms.amber.elle. And you can also find me on Field Craft Survival, but we'd love to answer any of your questions you have about family preparedness in general or what this program 62 looks like. And I hope you all have, I'll have a wonderful rest of your First day of December. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Sorry, Mike wasn't here. I know he was supposed to. If you saw any of our, our um, promotions beforehand, he was supposed to, but he's a busy, busy man and he had to jump on something else. So can that's a good question. Can you ask pro questions during program 62? Yes. So the live calls um, have actually been set up to be the first part is a complete instructional, completely instructional. Um, and, you know, that's preset. And so we'll have presentations and all of the different things that we need to facilitate the best learning in the shortest amount of time. Um, and then the last half of that will be a Q&A segment. And so you will, if you can make the call live, you'll be able to speak live to whoever the subject matter expert is that week. And then I'm hosting. So I'll be there every week as well. Um, and then we'll have the recordings available for you after that to watch. And then you'll be able to communicate with us um, via email, sending in your questions. And so it'll be um, really intentional and a, and a really, I, I like to say it's like bespoke preparedness, right? It's like a course set up for exactly what you need. It's a very bespoke experience. It's going to be amazing. I'm trying to read through the last questions here to see if I can answer anything. If you guys have any questions for me right now, I'm, I'm happy to answer the, answer them for you. Sorry about my voice. I am a little under the weather, but I'm trying to beat it. Um, you can check our 
training. So on our website, the training will be broken down and you can see it according to um, geographical regions in the United States. You can see when the trainings would be in Illinois. This particular training is going to is going to only be online right now. Yes, absolutely. We encourage people to take it as a couple. So when you buy your when you buy a um, spot in the course, it gives you access for your entire family. Can students send in their questions before the live? Um, yeah, we'll have open email communication with all of the course attendees. And so they will get, you will get an email at the beginning of that week, letting you know what the topic is for that week. We'll have an introductory video giving you all of the precursory information you need. Um, and then if you have questions based on that, you could, you could email them in obviously, but you may not know what questions weren't answered until after that live segment for that week. You're welcome. I'm happy to host it. Do I not look like somebody who's done this their whole life? <laughs> I think that's the point. Um, the talks are scheduled. They will be on um, one day of the week. And yes, they will be in the afternoon. So um, we have to work around ourselves as the instructors and the hosts. And so then you can watch the recording. I know it's pretty chilly. Yes. All of our, um, they will be Tuesday at one Pacific. And we'll have the, we'll have that recording available for you as quickly as possible. So most likely you'll, you'll be getting it just that next morning. Once we have all the systems in place, we're still working on the back end structure of how the emails are going to drip, drip to you because it's all going to be ready to launch on January 2nd. Um, it's so hard to accommodate everybody's schedule, right? And everybody's time. So we figured we would do what we could and then we would drop that recording to people immediately. So we're starting a program called Program 62 and it's a comprehensive 12 week course that helps build family preparedness. In an individual, in a family, um, we cover every component of family preparedness. We will do food production. Um, and like I said, it's very, it's going to be high level. So it's an introduction to what that looks like because there's so many different growing zones in the United States. And so um, there's a way for us to address what to look for, what are the best ways to produce your own food. And we also have to accommodate the knowledge that some people will be working with an apartment balcony and some people will be working with 50 acres, right? And so we have to do that in the best high level way that we can, but get you the resources and the information you need to then apply that into your life. And it's not just going to be growing, right? It's also going to be animal procurement as well. And harvesting, harvesting vegetation. All 
All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for giving me 40 minutes of your time. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and weekend. Bye guys. Thank you.